Coming to you from the depressed White Sox fan studios, this is the Believe in the Southside Boys. Uh, I am Steve-O. You can find me on Twitter, at DrunkShySoxFan. I might change that to at DepressedShySoxFan over the offseason here, but uh, I'll pass it over to my co-host to introduce himself. What's going on, Steve? Good to be back. Um, it's that depressed White Sox fan. Um, it's your boy, Carrie. Um, man, I am... I know we keep on saying depressed, but like I'm just at a loss for words more than depressed now. So, um, you know, I'm ready to get this episode going. I know we've got a lot to say. I know before we started this, you're like, I got a shit ton to say. And you know what? We're going to get everything off our chest and pretty much shit on the White Sox. I think that's what's going to happen today. Absolutely. I mean, you are going to see a whole nother side of me. I'm usually like level headed. I usually try to take things in stride. No, I mean, it's the end of the season. The White Sox are officially eliminated from the playoffs. I mean, they they were at the beginning of this week. Um, They were at the beginning of the season. (laughs) Shit. I mean, we'll, we'll get into that, too, and how this front office did not set this team up for success. Um but it's it, it. I depressed isn't even the right word anymore. You're right, Carrie. I, I, I'm actually just pissed. I, I am just angry. I am upset. Like I don't even know what the the stages of grief are. Um, but I'm I'm into the anger phase right now. I'm just straight up pissed off. Um, my my first talking point, and, and it kind of goes into how the White Sox have been over the past week. And, and and you know what? I'm gonna get into that in the comments. And thank you for Brian and Spag and anybody else that's gonna be joining us live uh, today on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. You guys can uh, subscribe to us uh, wherever you get your podcasts as well: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Pocket Casts. Wherever you get your podcasts, we're on there. Um, I'm I'm seeing that I was missed at the games this weekend. And I understand that. I got, I got. I had Bruhan Luke actually text me, and, and be like, "Hey, you haven't been to any games in a while. What's going on?" We're like, first off, life. Like, I'm busy. Number two, the White Sox suck. I don't want to <laughs> go to fucking games, especially if I don't have tickets to the games. I'm not gonna go out of my way to go get tickets to go see a shitty ball club that's completely out of it. I mean, I, and not just out of it They're in dead. regard to the playoffs. They're dead. They're dead. They have no motivation. This is the most disgusted I've ever been in my 27 years of living on this earth to be a White Sox fan. Yeah. Because this team was supposed to run away with this division. They were supposed to win this division by, I don't even know what the number was that AJ Pruszynski said. 10, 15 games, 20 games, whatever he said. I know that's ridiculous. But every projection, Pakoda, Baseball perspectives, what, what, whatever you wanted to use to, to rank where the White Sox were going to be this year, everybody said the White Sox were going to run away with this division. They were going to run into their problems when they got to the postseason. And obviously, they ran into problems way before that. I cannot believe, though, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit the players first because I don't think they're the most responsible. I cannot believe how hard this team gave up after Tuesday's game. Not only do you get dicked in that 11th inning, shout out to that, you know, that, that strong bullpen that Rick Hahn put together this year. You come back and you lose back to back against Cleveland after that. Then you get swept by fucking Detroit, by the Detroit Tigers, who sh- should be more checked out than your ball club. 
and instead you got swept at home. Steve, I don't know what else to tell you. Um, this team doesn't give a shit, right? Um, I want to, you said something in there, right? How this team would figure it out in the playoffs, right? They, they mm-hmm. If they were unprepared in the season, right? Um, you said, you know, is it kind of on the lines of what you said, right? Like, you know, they, they'd figure it out when they got there, right? Um, the problem with that is Rick Hahn knew going into this season because when you saw last year, you had so many injuries and you had the Brian Goodwins, the Billy Hamiltons, right? You had those feel-good stories come in and supplemented those losses just fine. That didn't happen this year. Right? No. Not one bit. And, you know, while you had the typical Eloy, typical Luis, typical Johan, and typical Tim Anderson injuries, which happen every fucking year now, um, it's just inevitable. They're missing like 30 to 40 games. Um, you, your other guys, like Grandal, sucked. Abreu had a great year, didn't hit any home runs, right? So everything that should have been addressed before the season started, right? Wasn't. And you're seeing the exact result of that, that nothing is not, not they've done nothing right with this, with this organization, with this team. Um, and I know you wanted to start with the players, but I mean, you got to have the players first, right? And they did nothing to do that. So, um, a lot well, of people said the same thing, you know. Yeah. They said if they didn't supplement the team right, what if what happens last year happens this year? They're not going to get as lucky, and that's exactly what fucking happened. Yeah, well, I think that's a perfect segue to to what I want to talk about second today, Gary, and that's moving forward, okay, and supplementing this team. And I, I think the key word here is supplement, right? Because I think there's a lot of people out on the White Sox Twitter sphere and people who blog or people who are interested in this team, the, the, the peanut gallery in a sense want to say, Hey, overhaul this thing, but how are you going to overhaul it? I don't think there's any way to overhaul this team with the way the contracts are with, you know, the youth that is on this team. Uh, I mean, go ahead and name some players that you think should be cut or traded. Like one or the other. I mean, that's the problem, Steve. Is this team is fucked? I mean, like nobody's gonna take Yohan's contract. Nobody. He and and you can't not, don't sell him. Don't no, sell him at this low of a point. Okay. No, it'd be stupid to do it. But then you're stuck with him, and if he sucks, you're still stuck with a guy who can't hit. Right. Yasmani Grandal gonna make eighteen million dollars. He's staying. You're not gonna DFA him. You know the White Sox aren't gonna do yeah. that. Um. I mean, there, there's more. There's a lot. I mean, I mean, your whole bullpen sucks, and they're all there for next year. Except for Graveman. I mean, you probably wouldn't Graveman walk, right? No. You have he, to I, no oh, is it a two-year deal? Two-year deal. That's right. It's a two-year deal. Right. Every I mean, he's, single guy he's, in there is on a two-year deal. At you're least. right. It, yeah. They're at least around for next year, basically. All the key guys, right? Um, It's, yeah. Joe Kelly, under contract, right? Jake Diekman. Jake Diekman. I, I I don't know about Diekman. I'd have to look up. No, his no, he's definitely here next year. Again for next year. I you've got a bunch of guys you've got money wrapped up into that are a bunch of underperformers or a bunch of guys that are hit or miss. Graveman had a Lucas Giolito. 
Yep. Well, I'll get there too. I mean, Graveman had a great first half of the season. He he's your loser today. I mean, he looked absolutely God awful and has looked God awful the past couple months for the most part. Um, Leary. I mean, why are you signing this guy to a three-year deal? Um, a guy who had an OPS of 500 this year, OPS of 500. Okay. WRC was, I think his OPS plus was about 40. Yep. That would, that would add up. That would definitely add up, but literally that number is five was 500 on the dot today. Um, <laughs> so bad. yeah, I mean, G, and you brought up Giolito and, and here's the thing. I don't think you trade Giolito. You're not going to get a guy on the free agent market. That's going to be your number four pitcher. Hopefully, right. As long as everybody comes back healthy, right. And the rotation stays the way it does. He's your number four pitcher. And on a last year of ARB, I'll pay that for a number four pitcher. Pitching is not the problem. Pitching is not the problem. And our guy, I I agree. Our guy, Brian, in here said the retooling begins. Yeah. I mean, you do have to retool. There's no choice. I mean, but you you got to do it properly, right? But you have no choice when you go out there as Rick Conn and say, talk to me after the parades. You have no choice but to figure this out with this core because you put all your cards out there, you know? So uh, to go along with, you know, Giolito, I mean, they're not going to non-tender him. It's the White Sox. You know they're not going to non-tender him. Get real. Plus, I, I will say, if there's one person I think that can actually bounce back into their real form, I really do think it could be Giolito more than a Moncada, more than a Grandal. I really do, truly believe that. So there's no way they let him walk. But you bring him back next year, and Giolito still sucks. Yeah, we're right back where you started. I I worry about Grandal just because of the age, absolutely, just because of the mileage, catcher um, being a catcher, and and there was the way he hit this year. Ugh. Even when he was making contact, it was so weak. Like he was, if it looked like he was swinging a pool noodle up there. Yeah. Up at the plate. And I just can't believe there's that much drop off with him. Yeah. It, it's crazy. It's right? absurd. The regression's wild. Um Moncada, well, it's, I mean, Moncada's still so young, right? And that's why I'm not willing to 27, 26, 27 years old. He's 27 years old. He's like three months younger than me. Not fully willing to write him off yet. However, it's gonna take a lot of off-season work. A ton. Yeah. And it's and it's gonna take, I think, a good co- I, it takes good coaching. And I'll He's get gotta to that. give a shit. For one, I mean, you you think that's a thing? I I hate to be that boneheaded guy, but like, because I I hate those guys that are like he doesn't care, blah blah blah. I've never been on that train, but like, watching him the other day when they were losing to Cleveland, and he just like dogged like three plays in a row, you know? Yeah, I literally well, sat there and just went, "Fuck this guy," you know? Like, what is he doing? He's not well, doing shit. I'll be honest, I don't think that's just him though. I think no, it's that's not. Half it's of more this, than that. I think that's half of this ball club, okay? Yeah. And I know it's re- the the amount of money that you have put into him may seem ridiculous, but that's what you pay up front for a guy if you're sold on him, okay? That's what happens when you pay guys pre-arbitration. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, it backfired I, 100%. It's what it's, it's, what it's doing. Yeah, I mean... Sure, if you're willing to get the like the Ozzy Albies and and Ronald Acuna type deals done, like the Atlanta Braves were able to, sure. But 
I mean, these were much larger contracts. And they're on the Atlanta Braves, not on the Chicago White Sox, who can actually develop players. Yeah, I was going to say, player development is a, is another issue, too. But I, player development is something I'm going to get into later. But, well, I mean, the culture shift is another thing, too, right? I, you talked about this this lack of caring or the or this lack of hustle, right? It's It's crazy to see just this lack of motivation and this culture that's just totally around this ball club. It, it's totally defunct. Okay. Um, before I get into that too, I mean, we're talking contracts. A, a, AJ Pollock was brought up in the comments here. I mean, let's talk about how Rick Hahn turned the number four overall pick into two years of AJ Pollock. Uh, what can Rick, we start at that? The number four pick was a bad pick too. I, I'm willing to totally admit that. Like I'm, I I'll go out there and say it. You know, Nick Madrigal stinks. Okay, like I know Jared Kalenix, he sucks too. But that should have been the easy pick right there. But once again, Rickon and his team were just trying to be smart, so they turned Nick Madrigal into Craig Kimbrell, who stunk. Turned Craig Kimbrell into AJ Pollock after they said they were going to go get a left-handed power bat. Turn it into AJ Pollock justifying it by saying he hit well against righties. Yeah, he's on the Dodgers and they know how to put you in a good position, Rick. And that's why he sucked. So, like, it was just a train of suckage, you know? Like, from that second he got drafted, it was just like, suck, suck, suck. And that just defines Rick Hahn's GM career with yeah. the White Sox. Well, I think something to keep in mind is that AJ Pollock in LA was a role player, right? Yep. I mean, he had one year in Arizona where he was on that all-star level, level, but he was a role player, right? The White Sox expected him with the already injury problems, and luckily he wasn't one of these guys that got hit by a major injury bug uh, this year. Um, but he was counted on to be an everyday starter, sometimes playing in center field when Robert was hurt, right? You can't do that with A.J. Pollock. That's just not the kind of player he is. You're not paying him that kind of money. You're not the Dodgers never expected him. If you're a championship caliber team, you can't expect AJ Pollock to be your third or fourth best player. Nope. That's just not how it should work. Now, obviously we were we were re bringing up this AJ Pollock point to talk about Rick Hahn, right? I ran a Twitter <laughs> poll earlier this week, a I few days ago. Talk about this clown. So I'm going to pop it up here on the screen, right? Since the White Sox season is officially dead, I have one question to ask. Who's to blame the most? And I said, is it Reinsdorf, Han, Tony Larusa, or other comment below, right? How? I'm How pretty is White Sox Twitter willing to say that Jerry Reinsdorf, I'll tell you with an over $200 million payroll, with the number seven payroll this year, in Major League Baseball, how are you willing to say that he, at 54% of the vote, is most to blame? Go ahead, Kerry. I'm pretty sure Sammy Davis Jr. voted on all of his burners. <laughs> like, a thousand percent, because he wants to always argue that it's Jerry Reinsdorf's fault. With all the facts that you just gave, right? I mean, like, literally the most money that this team's ever spent before, and... We, we didn't even win our division in the worst division in baseball. That is to blame for one person. And I agree. Actually, I will agree with Brian right here. 
it is a trickle down effect. I'm not saying Jerry. You are I'm right. not saying Jerry Reinsdorf's not to blame. Okay, I'm not. I am saying that Rick Hahn for this year and this team is a thousand percent. It has to be blamed. He has to go. He cannot be in charge of this team anymore. Two out of the three years you made no trades in your contention year. That still baffles my mind. You know, like 2020 was probably the year to do it because everybody was healthy. Everybody wasn't figured out yet, you know, and, and they didn't do shit, right? They needed one more pitcher. They needed Lance Lynn. So they waited to the offseason to get him because he was cheaper. That That is where Jerry comes in. Right, but Rick Hahn needs to learn how to supplement that. Supplement having a guy like Jerry Reinsdorf as your, as your owner. Look at the Rays. Look at the A's. Those teams figure it out, and they have literally the shittiest owners. The Guardians just won the division, youngest team in baseball. Yeah, Their GM you know figured out how to win the division. Exactly. Still, you literally have Dolan as an owner yeah, in like, Cleveland, right? And that the team worst just people won the possible. division when people were thinking they were going to finish. Most people were having them third, fourth, or fifth, right? Yeah. yeah, and they play good baseball. They're 10 games up right now, so it just it just shows that I it's just, not always the owner. It's, exactly. It's I have a hard office. time blaming Jerry, right? Which is I, so I just, hard I, for I, me I to can't, say. Exactly. I just can't. I, I, I get that there is not a $100 million contract on this team. I get that Machado and Harper are not on this team. I get Ugh. that there was not guaranteed money thrown at these guys, and Jerry may have handcuffed the situation in those, in and those Tony, deals. And the Tony situation, too, he did. Exactly, right? And he pushed Tony Larusa onto this team. However, comma, what more can you ask of an owner in the, in the second? Okay, so you've got what? Third largest market, maybe, in baseball? Yeah, but he don't. He doesn't okay. act like that. Come on. But here's the deal: you're still the set. And I hate to say this, when it comes to spending, when it comes to bringing in revenue, you're the number two team in the city, and you're still spending number seven in the league. Yeah, I will take that every freaking hundred percent. I will take that unless, unless, for example, this team was seventh and they came up just short of winning a World Series this year then I'd say, okay, push it up to the top, right? Mm -hmm. I'll take seventh every year. And I, it just shows Rick Hahn just fucked this roster. I mean, how how else can you justify anything else? I know you have Tony as your manager, and he's and he's and he was bad. Okay. Yeah. Tony was bad. But Cairo's not that much better. I mean, and, and I think it's gotta do with the roster, okay? Because, you know. This team just, they don't give a shit. They don't hustle. I mean, I forgot what I was. I was just watching something. It was, I think it was on MLB Network, and they were talking about the White Sox. They don't hustle. They don't field well. Actually, you know what? It was Jerry Blevins, the old reliever, talking with Chris mm -hmm. Rose on this podcast, and he said, okay. they don't field well. They strike out a ton. They're not hitting home runs. They don't hustle, and they're always hurt. You got to be good at least a couple of those things. And they didn't supplement anything in the midseason to, you know, help with any of those factors. All they did was get a lefty reliever because Aaron Bummer wasn't going to be back till September. So, like, this is the direct result of that, right? I mean, this is Rick Hahn's baby, and <laughs> his baby sucks. 
<laughs> yeah. And There's listen, I, else you could say. I, I get that Miguel Cairo isn't better, but right now he's a better option than Tony LaRusa. I'll, I'll say that much. Um, I think you're a better option. I think we're better options. I think I'll, yeah, yeah. Like 99% of the baseball watching population is a better option. than. I'd Tony rather have LaRusa. Brian just yell, I hate it here. You know, the whole time he's, you know, managing and <laughs> they'd still win. And let me just get down to the point here is that this year shouldn't have happened. 2022, the way the White Sox season is ending, this shouldn't have happened. This team is too freaking talented to have this many issues. Everyone, and by everyone, I mean everyone, said they were going to win this division. Everyone, and I mean everyone, said it wasn't going to be particularly close. Hence the last Cleveland Guardians tweet on their Twitter page. Yeah. Everyone knows how much talent is on this team. You have so much talent. Young and you've got veteran pieces. They're experienced right? too now. Let's not they got two years of winning and going That's to the true. Uh, exactly. they're, they're experienced. So you just let the youngest team in baseball roll you over and spank you. A little, little spanky, you know? Yeah. They and sp- I think that goes back down to culture, right? There's a reason why so many guys on this team had career worst years. Everyone should see that it's time for a culture shift within this team. And to be honest with you, I think it starts with the GM. Yeah. I know people would love to see Jerry sell the team. I know people think that Kenny Williams might have some sort of impact in all of this. I think it starts with, your GM who constructs the roster. And I think it also goes down to Chris Getz um, with, uh, you know, talent development. Which we all like, know. Why are Getz, you hanging on to these guys? Chris Getz is just going to end up being our GM. That's probably what's going to happen. Let's be real here. The Sox don't go outside of the organization. Everybody's seen, I'm already seeing the, the foundation being laid down with Cairo and how they're not going to go outside the organization for a new um, coach, which they should right? do something else. Okay. Jerry, your son just took over the bulls, right? When Jerry was running the bulls, he had Gar and packs, the same things over and over, right? In-house people that he knows and trusted that didn't know shit, right? They were horrible at what they were doing and it wasn't working, right? Jerry's son comes in. What's the, what does he do? Fires Garpex, hires AK, right? Mm-hmm. You should just look at that and be like, oh, shit, that happened in two years? Two years' time, you know, that this guy did stuff and pulled all the right strings and people wanted to come there and, you know, a culture change is what you were saying. I think that is a perfect comparison, and I will link it straight to my own fandom. Watching, I didn't want to watch the Bulls at all. Between the years of, I don't know, 2013 and 2020. Zero reason to watch them, right? No reason. And obviously it's because they weren't competitive. Obviously it's because they didn't, they really weren't bringing in any top tier talent, right? A lot, you know, just a losing culture all in all together. However, comma, where did that start? Front office, right? You get rid of Gar Pass, packs, you bring in or tourists, you bring in AK and, and there's a complete shift, right? Mm-hmm. Just in a year and a half's time. 
it, yeah, I mean, it, it's look wild. What's happening, and then free agents want to actually go to that team. Exactly. And you know, I mean, so sure, it would be it would be nice to have. And I know he gets a ton of flack on Twitter for the way he acts and some of the stuff that he says. I would love to have a guy like Steve Cohen owning. The Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Because the dude spends out his ass. Yes. And he trusts people to do their. He puts people in position and says, "You know what? You go and you do your job, right? And That's if you don't do be. your job, you're gonna get axed." Yeah. Right. That kind that of culture. That kind of culture is how a, a winning team is is brought about. Mm-hmm. That's how you go about and make money as an owner too, right? Jerry really cares about his bottom line and wasn't passive about it. That's how he would do it. However, that's that's just not that's just not feasible, right? Jerry's gonna hang on to this team probably till the day he dies. So <sighs> where do you go next? Kenny's in his back pocket. You go to Rick, right? Exactly. And that's that, and that's the whole there. thing. It's like you can't. You can't fire an owner, you know, unless, you know, we can find some dirt right. on him like the Suns owner, you know, and, and then get Jerry fired somehow. Right. But like, you know, it's just not happening. So you have to really look at, okay, what, what what's next? And it, like you're saying, it's Rick Hahn. Yeah, so that's the first. And there's five people that knows you know, what the fuck they're doing. You, you, know, you know my thing, my final five. And I haven't done it in a while because, you know, I'm just so pissed off with this team, right? On Twitter, I do my final five recaps of this team. I got five people, five departments or, you know, areas that I want to see cleaned out. Okay. The first one, obviously Rick Hahn, right? Gone. The guy who's missed on every big fish and has only been kept around because he promised this window, which now only has one year left in it. And you've won two playoff games. The second one. And I'm going to comment right here on the comment below from our guy, Brian squat thrust, medicine, ball work, lotes instead of Gatorade. I'd have this team doing handsprings in no time. Listen, on a serious note, the training staff is absolutely atrocious. Oh, the amount of injuries that this team has had in the last two years that has held them back from reaching their true potential. I, how can this not be an area of, of like red flags everywhere? I think it's a Reinsdorf thing. Look at Lonzo ball, (laughs) James crook and whoever else is calling the shots for this training department. This, like, when we talk about hustle and heart, and remember, you know, the comments that have come out being like, oh, the players have been told to ease up because they need, you know, they mm-hmm. still need to play for another 60 games this year, 80 games this year. It's not dudes being soft, okay? Yeah, they're getting injured, okay? This is from a lack of a good training staff, a lack of a good strength and conditioning program, and guys not being ready to play 150 games. So, Blame it on the heart. Blame it on the guys not giving 110%. Sure, when you're injured, you're not able to give 110%. So get to the root of the issue. It's the training staff, okay? That's another one that I want to see gone. Third one's TOR, okay? I I don't need to say anymore about TOR being out, okay? The fourth, I've harped on your guy, Frank Macchiato. Menachino. Even though the home number home run numbers have gone up a little bit over the past month, um, it didn't show for a majority of the season. This team has been built on hitting the long ball. Guess what they're not doing? And have had awful numbers this year in regard to hitting the long ball. Like it's it's ridiculous. It, Think about those Marlins teams. I was right? just gonna say it's no secret. He's just not he doesn't care about home runs and swing path like that. So he's gotta go. He's he's old school. He's cut from old cloth. 
Like that's it, why him and Tony were perfect for each other. Right. And whether they were trying to do that and compliment the two guys together, it just didn't work out. Okay. Do you need to do the opposite of what the Marlins did? The Marlins kept around Manichino. They got rid of Real Muto. They got rid of Stanton. They got rid of Yelich. They got rid of Ozuna. All those guys turned out to be better elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Enough said there. Last one's the analytics department. The worst. Get rid of Shelly Duncan. Get rid of whoever else is, is on his same mind path. And and just expand. Gut and Hire expand. more. Gut and expand all at once. And then hire somebody from one of these smaller market teams that's overperforming. Yeah. Why aren't they reaching out to raise guys? I mean, even the fucking Diamondbacks. Do you see how many good players are coming up for them recently? Like all these top prospects. Like, what are we doing here? You know, we're relying we're relying on the Chris Getz like types. Like, what what track record do they have? Like, it's not working. You know, like it, nothing works for the White Sox. Nothing works for them, and it's depressing as fuck. Everything you mentioned. Do you realize how hard that is to just completely change that? The only way you change that is by a new owner. And that's what happened with the Mets, right? They had the worst owners before Stephen Cohn came in. Yeah, yeah. And if you can't tear it down from ownership, you go to the next step, okay? Theo, Billy Bean are two great examples, Spag, okay? Yes, they are anomalies, right? And they're totally opposite in the way in which they operate. Theo is so good at what he does because he convinces ownership to spend out their ass. And Billy But Bean, he develops. And well, yes, on top of that, right? You know, the, the youth development movement that we saw mm-hmm. with the Cubs with Theo. And then Billy Bean the is Cubs. that opposite of looking at that analytics and pulling from that data and really being able to muster together mm-hmm. a great lineup when you need to make ends meet, right? The White Sox yeah. are right in that middle. They don't need to play money ball. And they don't need to outspend everybody. Which is the worst position to be in. I disagree. You, I, you I put the two, you put the two together. You put the two together. Look at the Astros. Okay. Look at the They're, Astros. They spend a lot of money though. They spend a decent amount of money. Don't get me wrong. And they give out big contracts. But and they develop but their youth movement, right? They don't need to be on par with the Mets and the Dodgers in order to be at the top of the AL every year. Okay. They don't need to spend that kind of money. And it's because their development team is so good. Their youth development team is so good. Think about how much homegrown talent that a team like Houston has. That's actually performing, right? The White Sox have that capability, Mm -mm. but it needs to be coached. You have Luis, you have Yoan, you have Tim, you have Aloy. Build off of those pieces and then supplement. Those Is guys it too late? Need, it's not too late. Those guys are still so young. They need to be coached. Coaching is so, like, I, I, I know that they don't, the coaches don't go out on the field. The analytics department doesn't go out on the field. But you have to prepare these guys. But you That's have to how, prepare them, exactly. Yeah. And exactly. they're never prepared. They're never playing, you know, they're never in the right spot. They're always overthrowing a cutoff. They're always, you know, running themselves into outs. They're getting ran out at third base, you know, at at home plate. I mean, nothing they do is ever right. And yeah, I think this is a deeper problem than just retooling in the next year. And, and sadly, Steve, all they're going to do 
and I, and and like, hear me out. I really, th- I, I really think this is just gonna happen. They're gonna trot out the same fucking team with one last hurrah. It's one last hurrah. It's gonna be the same team with a with Miguel Cairo as the manager, and they're gonna say, "Well, look what Miguel did." I think it's gonna. I think the only reason why they trot everybody else out for one last hurrah, one last parade is because Tony is managing, unfortunately, which absolutely sucks to say, and I absolutely hate saying it, but I think that's it. And who knows? Maybe that comes with the selling of the team from Jerry, too. I don't know. It's speculation. That's all speculation. However, our guy Brian in here says the only reason why Theo would be interested is in an ownership group. Well, guess who is a part of ownership group and has bidded on teams before and might find a perfect opportunity in the near future? Alex Rodriguez, and I would have no no qualms about that. Yeah. So. Well, Kerry, we are at we're a little bit over the half hour mark, which is actually impressive considering how much we've had to say today. I know. Do you want to wrap up this 2022 season uh with any final thoughts? Yeah. Um I guess we have I, one I more episode before this, but yeah, hundred percent. I'll just <laughs> or say after it, this, this is yeah. you know, twenty twenty year is the year of suck. That's all I'll say. Um, the year of White Sox suck from top down. Not one person did not suck. Not one person. But actually, one person this whole year did their job. Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease. One person. That's it. We've saw. We've seen flashes from a bunch of other guys. Vaughn, but... I'll put up there. He was good. He needs to hit more home runs. But saw, wait, exactly. Besides That's that, numbers, man. Just one person did, like did everything said. they were asked to do and above. And we just wasted a Cy Young season of Dylan. It starts from the top and it works its way down. That's all I'm going to say. And I will let whoever's listening to this now as well as in the future over podcasts, whether you listen to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Pocket Cast or wherever you listen to your podcast, or if you watch this on YouTube in hindsight. Remember, it starts from the top up. Mm-hmm. Or pardon me, from the top down. And it goes down. Yeah. Exactly. So thank you to everybody that joined us live. I appreciate everybody who's been in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't already. A uh, great place to join us uh, for some live White Sox conversation every week. And thank you for those of you that are going to be listening over the podcast airwaves. Gary, this team sucks, but you're an amazing individual, and I'm glad I get to do this with you. Absolutely. Likewise, Stephen. Hopefully, hopefully, maybe these podcasts in the off season aren't as depressing. So, as I you know. can see, the light, the lighting here is going down. So, I'm getting just more and more depressed. So that checks out. And my <laughs> and my bourbon glass is empty. It needs a refill. Have a great week, everybody, and we will see you to talk a little bit about White Sox baseball and and just recap the season and then exactly our hopes for 2023 (laughs) have a good one everybody and go Sox yeah (laughs) (laughs) fire Rick on thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.